Welcome to For the Record, an unfiltered view on current trends and timeless advice for surviving in the aesthetics industry. Whether you're an injector, practice owner, sales rep, or marketer, it's time to set the record straight. Each week, we cut through the chaos and showcase diverse perspectives and winning ideas from the best minds in the industry. I'm your host, Dr. Tiffany Hall, Chief Growth Officer at Aesthetic Record. Now, let's get started on this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of For the Record. This is episode 38 in season two, and we have a treat for you today. Uh, I don't even know where to start with this person, but I met Heather Ripien about five, six years ago. She was a New York-based injector who wanted to get involved in training, and she just won me over in one, basically one day, fell in love with her. She's become the most used trainer at Galderma, I believe. She's going to cap out in the middle of the year. She's training all across the country. She's an industry thought leader. She's on podiums all across the country, been a huge part of Aesthetic Next. She treats patients also every single day, despite all the training, goes back and forth to North Carolina to her house in New York, plus all the other places that she's going for training. She is just a doll to be around, has a great heart and a great mindset about training, about how she invests in the industry and invests into into her attendees of her training. And she's here today to share all of her perspectives on where we're going as an industry, why she's chosen not to build her own practice and work for somebody else, and how she delights and surprises all these attendees for all these trainings across the U.S. every freaking day of her life. So Heather, the busiest girl in aesthetics, welcome to our podcast. Hey, Tiffany. It's nice to see you and thank you for having me. Well, I'm just shocked that you actually got to be here today because you are the busiest girl in aesthetics. I think that I'm busy, but you take the cake, sister. I think you're traveling, I don't know, every other day, all the time, everywhere. So tell us how how you survive in that. Oh, it, it feels like it, but I see a lot of my colleagues do it more and it's kind of getting the social media thing. Well, if they can do it, I can do it. But this week, this year for sure has um like been kind of crazy started off a little slow in January and then come February, it just kind of exploded. And, you know, I think you both, you know, I mean, I was a flight attendant for 14 years and my husband's a pilot and I think I might have more miles than him. (laughs) Well, if you think about that, okay, give me a number ballpark. And how many people will you train this year? Rough estimate. Oh gosh. Um, I can't, if I were to guess, um, I know as of right now, I've done about 60 trainings, um, maybe 65. And there's been on average, I'd say with average three, I've had some that have had 12. I've had a couple that have one. So I'd say probably on average four. So I'm not a mathematician on my calculator here, but a lot. Okay. So let's take a minute to digest that. So you'll touch this year, just as of today, 300 or so, give or take practitioners who will be walking out of a training using your techniques, your ideas, your perspectives, which we know, by the way, are very, very good to go to their practices and their patients and deliver great results. Like, I hope you feel really, really good about that, Heather. That's a huge accomplishment. And by the way, that's changing the industry, like literally literally one training at a time. So like, what is your, how do you deal with all that? Like the pressure of thinking about people are depending on you to teach them everything that you know in three and a half hours. Kind of a hard answer, uh, a question to answer, but, you know, I have really good conversations with um, either the practice manager or the representative that I'm going in to represent. And I kind of go in and I kind of have what their goals are. Right. So I kind of base it around there Um, more, you know, I'm a big rheology nerd. Um, I love products that I use and I love people to understand how many there's so many products available so different than when I started like 12 years ago. And they all truly do something unique if you understand the rheology. And so if I get someone who's advanced and they've used multiple products, like we dive into rheology, Um, you know, we always touch on anatomy, but I try and walk in. um, And my goal with every training is to walk in and make stuff where, yeah, there's a couple of things like reconstitution you may want to take a note on. Right. But I like to try and break things down and make it simple and safe so that they retain it and it makes sense. Because I don't want to spend my time or somebody else's time when I walk out and they go, wow, that just was like overwhelming. I forgot anything she said. So basically, I want to incorporate it into a way that they practice and something that they understand rather than something that they have to memorize and try and repeat. Because it's truly an art. I like to think of myself trying to help and share some tools. We all know there are 50 million ways to skin a cat that they can add to their toolbox to be better equipped to choose the one that works best for them. I love that. Meet them where they are, basically. Meet them where they are. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I talk to people all the time about this whole core, non-core, MD, non-MD charade that happens in our industry. And I use you as a reference point all the time to say, 
just the fact that they're a registered nurse should not discount someone from being amazing. Like I have RN friends who could out inject anyone, anywhere, anytime, like without a doubt. So give us a perspective of how you became this powerhouse injector. You know, you don't have the credential to be on podiums in some of these meetings. None of us do, right? Unless you're an MD or DO, but you're getting FaceTime with these big leaders, big companies are coming to you for advisory boards. How did this all happen for you? Where did you really start to say, I'm going to become this badass and take over the world? Well, first of all, you're giving me a lot of credit. I'm like humbled. I don't know how to say that, but thank you for the kind words. Um, you know, I just look back to when I started 12 years ago and there were people injecting and it were it was primarily core providers, right? And I got into this through a personal experience, went in for skincare treatment, ended up getting um, Botox, which had its 20th birthday this year, right? I just happened to be in a clinic 20 years ago. So I was like on the forefront for the first person. And this Vermont girl, no one gets Botox in Vermont, right? So they were like, we're having in sale. And I'm like, sale? So I was broke. And I'm like, okay, I'll try it. And I was hooked. So I actually have had Botox injected since the year that like we had it, which is exciting. And I was kind of like, let's be honest. I was like, I don't know that I can afford myself. So I'm like, maybe if I get into like lasers and aesthetics, I can get a discount. Um, I was in uh, ICU at the time, went into the ER and fell in love with it. And I was afraid, deathly afraid to inject Botox. I thought, oh my God. And I remember I worked for a little um, ENT in Charlotte in Gastonia, this little podunk town. And the first time we had um, an allergen rep come in and do a basic training, I was like shaking and I'm like, should I try it? And it was like a glabella, right? And I remember every day walking and go, did anybody call? Because I was petrified I was going to drop a brow. And I remembered I want to do this, but I want to learn to do it safely. I want to learn how to do it correctly. And there weren't many options. So I would spend hours at home and Googling best Botox injector training courses. And there weren't half, like there weren't a quarter of choices that we have today. And so I stood on a mission and my husband has been so instrumental and supportive. He was like, honey, do you really want to do this? And I said, I really do. And he goes, well, then find the best trainer. And he's like, I'll support you. And bless him. He did. We flew out to California and he was my model and he funded it. And that was it. So I became this mission to go to all these trainings. And it's just, it's just a funny story because if you t- ask like Connie Brennan, Rand Rusher, MK Maloney, I would stalk people on LinkedIn, right? And I'd be like, oh my God, they're a name. And I would message them. And I'm like, I want to get into this. And it's funny because I get that now today. And MK Maloney was like, this is a really hard conversation to have. Are you free to talk? She spent two hours of her time on the phone with me telling me where to go. And I remember my first conference in California, I walked up and Connie was there and Rand and they were all sitting together and I'm by myself. And they looked at my bag. They were like, oh my God, are you Heather from LinkedIn? I'm like, yeah, that's me. And they were so sweet. They were like, do you want to sit with us? And I was like, yeah, stage one, like cleaner stalker. And I sat with them and I just started to network that way. You guys can't see me unless you're watching this video, but I am cracking up right now. Thinking about you, as, you a, can see it. as a stage one cleaner, I can see you without a doubt in my mind walking up being like, oh my God, I can sit here. Like I can see this being you. But you mentioned some big names there. You know what's funny, Heather? In every episode, I think Connie Brennan comes up in every episode that we have. Whether it's Julie Bass Kaplan, Connie Brennan, Grace, you know, some of these guys that have been around the block for a hot minute and they're still on the block, right? There's still these giant names. They still have these like careers that keep going and keep building. They're doing more and more things like a a testament to when you keep your nose clean and you put your head down and grind, good things happen to you, right? None of them get caught up in the drama. None of them have all these like crazy TikTok things. They're just grinding all day. And so, but it's so funny. I can see little MK Maloney being like, oh, honey, you got to call me. This is not going to work over a text. Like you need to call me. Uh, We love her. And it's so funny because actually in Grace McLaurin, she was like her training center is like, amazing right now. And she is such an educator and mentor to me. She's the first one that ever did my original training. I injected Botox for the first time in my life with her. So yeah, I mean, these names are around to stay. And, you know, it's so funny because I hear everybody, I mean, everybody has something to offer this industry, good, bad. And it's just funny to me because some of these people, they're like not big into social media. And so it's so funny when I'll meet this young girl and they'll throw a big instant name. Can we get so-and-so? And the rep are like, Heather, who do you want for training? And I'm like, I want Kevin Harrington. I want, you know, I want Connie. I want Grace. I want Ina. You know, I throw these names out there and they're like, who is that? I'm like, trust me. And then we've had the privilege of having a couple of them in our office here in Skinsbury. I'm like, now you see why? Mm-hmm. 
you know? Qual- so I feel blessed that I've been around long enough that I have those OGs to look up to. Well, I think you make such a valid point that social media is not the holy grail. And I'd say this on every single week podcast, you guys would probably get sick of hearing it, that it's about so much more than social media. Like being a great injector does not correlate to your social media following, despite what you may think. There is no correlation there. But to that point, you've been known as the girl that could sell a dead man a new car. Like you have these crazy results about sales per day. If you guys have seen her lecture, I think one is like $25,000 in a day or like these just wacko numbers that you can't even imagine. So you are a selling machine. How do you do that? Like, you know, you've gone from one practice to the other. We'll get into that in a second. But your idea about how to sell, how to do the consult, the treatment plan is obviously unique because you're producing big numbers that no one else is producing. So give us an idea of how you learned that skill and how it translates now at the chair. You know, I think that in this business, like you need so much. You need to know your anatomy. You need to know rheology. You need to do all these things. Some you can learn. Some are innate, some you, you just can't teach people. And um, there are injectors far more skilled than I am with much more experience. But the one thing I am proud that I do have is my experience as a flight attendant. I have had more customer service experience. Like, I don't think there, I could. I mean, I started out in the hotel industry and I worked in reservations for extra money. I worked in housekeeping and made beds. Um, I was on the concierge floor. That's how I got my job at Continental, waiting on the vice president of Continental Airlines and his wife, serving them wine, you know, making extra money. And I just love people. And it's so funny because people that know me are like, it's a blessing and a curse. Um, I love to talk. And when I was at Continental, I remember them giving me the microphone to sit there and like do, you know, the demo. And I like sweating, hiding behind the podium. And I'm like, oh my God, these people, it's 125 people. And I think um, I just learned a lot about people. And as much as I like to talk, I do try and listen. And you pick up little skills, like on an airplane, someone orders coffee and they're like, I'll have my coffee black. That usually tells me they're from like Midwest, Texas, West Coast. Someone on the East Coast, right, you know, regular to them is cream and sugar. So it's picking up little things like that. And when someone comes into my practice, I have, um, you know, the benefit of being well-traveled. And so, you know, on my free time when I'm not training and working, you know, my husband and I like to travel the world. And so we've had the pleasure of going like Serbia. I had a patient from Serbia one day. I'm like, where's your accent from? She's Serbian. I'm like, oh my God, I love Chivape. You know, and she's like, you know, Chivape. I'm like, yeah, I've been to Serbia. I feel like you have a good five or 10 minutes to greet a patient, welcome them to your practice and find out how they heard about you. And then have a few minutes to, you know, find something, some common ground and like bond with them and gain their trust. And it needs to be authentic. And I like to think I'm a provider, not a salesperson, but I provide and I sell with my heart. I tell people no all the time. And I swear the more I tell them no, the more they want, but it builds relationships in the long time. They may not need something. And five years later, my girl, it's time. It's time. You need two bottles of Sculptra, three or four treatments. And they're just like, yes. So, you know, it's just little things that I do in the chair that people would probably go like, you're crazy. But like in my consult, sometimes um, someone will go, need to think about it. I go, you just answered the question. And they go, what? And I go, let's not do it today. You're not strapped in that chair. This is a choice. And if you have to think about that decision, I want you to be excited about it. I would rather send them away. And eight out of 10 times they go, you know, I just made my decision. Or I challenge them. If this is the first consult you've had, go do other consults. For multiple reasons. One, I have to have faith that I did my job and did the best that I could. Education, you know, just experience, credentialing myself, having this beautiful environment here at Skin Spirit with the credentialing of all the colleagues I work with, you know, that they're not going to find that somewhere else. They should, but, you know, I'm like, I feel confident they won't in many situations. I take the time. And, you know, if they are not on board and I feel like I have pushed them at all, I don't want to deal with that later. I like to sleep at night. I don't want to be responsible. And, and I, when I tell them you're not strapped to that chair, because I think it's important that they know. Um, and George Baxter Holder, you know, when I started at Skin Spirit, one thing I had never incorporated in a consult is you get there's blindness associated with this. I'm like, George, you say that. And he's like, Heather, it's informed consent. You need to tell them. And so when I tell them this stuff is going to be scary, but anybody that promises you, there is no risk. That's how you, sh- that's who you should run from. I'm human. And I'll give you hundred percent of everything I have, 
but there is a chance something could go wrong and you have to trust me enough that I'm going to be there with you if it does go wrong. But I am always under promise and try and over deliver, but never promise anything above my scope or my human capabilities. I'm not a magician. You know, I'm not an anatomist. Anatomist Anatomy is variable. Even that's not bulletproof. So um, I think all of those things gain trust. And then, you know, when we're, we'll get into it, I'm sure later knowing you, you know, everything is turned to facial balancing and global approach. Back when we started years ago, and I mean, God, Connie and them, like, what, 20 something years? I'm only 12 in, you know, I feel like a baby. And um, we used to piecemeal, you know, we've been through the era of tube lips, like sausage lips, because that's all we had. And then we had, oh, cheeks. Well, we thought cheeks were here. So you could see everybody with these bulbous cheeks. And then we're like, oh, lateral cheek. And now we have products to kind of transition everything. And it does take more than piecemealing, you know? And I think taking the time to understand the aging process and everything that we have available and all the options is really important. Well, okay. There's like a million things to unpack there, but I want to mention the cheek that you just said, because we hear all the time, this is an art that you shouldn't have angles. You shouldn't have like all these like V1, V2, V3 rope memory kind of things. But that cheek is a prime example as to why the industry has a sheep mentality in many cases. We could all look at that cheek and know it looked terrible, but we all kept doing it anyway. Everybody kept injecting it that way anyway, knowing that it, people looked like they had a shelf on their face. And then luckily somebody, probably an OG, said, wait a minute, lateral cheek is a much better choice. But it's it's the whole process that I mentioned in the beginning. Whoever trains you is who sets the tone for you. And so if your trainer comes in with that mentality, that's how you're trained. That's what you, that's what you go do. And so I think to the point of you being a trainer, like having such a great perspective on injecting and how you think through it, like, again, you're moving the industry forward because you're sharing the right practices in those practices, which I think is such a difference maker than maybe 10 years ago, you know, even five years ago, you know, this five years ago, we weren't doing this. We were doing cheeks to your point or lips in isolation. Forget the chin. Who, who knew about a jawline five years ago? Nobody. We weren't talking about that. So I think we we're evolving as an industry. But to that point, you mentioned skin spirit a few times. So you've made a, a practice transition recently from a practice that you really had built up the aesthetics, non-surgical side, like poured your life into it from, you know, from me looking from the outside in to now skin spirit. What prompted that decision at this point in your career to say, I want a new, a new challenge and a new face on the front door when I go to work in the morning? There has to be some reasons there. So, you know, you can tread lightly, but let us know what you're thinking. Yeah. Um, you know, it, there are, are several reasons. It wasn't an easy decision for me. Um, my previous practice, I worked with someone that I hold in high regard and respect and is like a stellar surgeon. Um, I came from private practice and um, there were some non-surgical, there were injectables, but I was the first um, injector. And so it was really hard to build. I mean, I remember sitting there for months, not one patient wanted to see me, you know, as a nurse. And so slowly that built. But over time, like you said, I live in North Carolina and I have, I took this job in New York because we'll back up a little there weren't a lot of options for me back then. I had been offered positions at a couple practices in Charlotte, but you know, there was one surgeon that I was like excited, you know, two that I was excited with potential working with. And one of them was newer. And he just said to me, you know, I'd love to have you, but my surgical practice is just not there yet. And I just don't know that I have enough to keep you busy. Fast forward. I think he has like six injectors now. So I was like, okay. And so actually it was MK that, told me about this possible, you know, position in New York. And I interviewed and I remember walking up going, I just took a job in New York city. I didn't have a place to live. Like, what am I doing? But I was kind of desperate. Right. And I wanted to work with the best of the best. And that practice is amazing. However, um, just over time, um, skin spirit has hands down. I'm not saying this is why I moved here. I'm I'm giving them a shout out, but it's just, it, it is what it is. I've never seen a place have the educational resources that they have like hands down and they're blowing up and the potential that skin spirit one day could branch out and be closer to my home was definitely on the forefront. Um, but I also have gotten more involved with training roles in the, over the last three years. And I just have more flexibility within skin spirit to be able to do both. And I just found myself in a private practice injecting all the time and not having um, the community and the team that I do at Skin Spirit. I mean, when we opened, I think we were um, the 21st practice, the first on the East Coast. And so I have colleagues all over the country that I can collaborate with. And when we go to AmSpa, I mean, it's a perk that we have like company dinners. And it's just 
seemed like more opportunity for me to expand, you know, education. I just didn't want to work every day and not have the flexibility to do the other things I wanted to pursue with the potential of eventually being able to not travel so much. So all of those factors kind of went into that decision. And was it a tough transition for you and your patients? I think about, you know, I'll go to work here every single day. I live and die for aesthetic record. If I had to stop in the morning and have a new company, like that's a that's an adjustment period, right? That's a like, is it hard to get new patients now? Did you have to kind of start over from the bottom and recruit again? Or does the skin spirit machine just bring them in the front door? So, um, boy, that's like a, that's a tough question to answer too. Um, I was surprised. Um, I had a couple months of, we were waiting for this um, space to open. So we opened up in October and um, I was so excited. We actually had the most productive day, opening day of any skin spare across the board. And I was very proud of that. But like I said, I had been out for a couple months. So we had that influx of all these people. I was like, this is amazing. And I don't know the percentage, but I have had a large um, number of patients that I've seen previously join me here at Skin Spirit. And it's just been amazing to watch. I mean, I think even today I had three new ones and I've been here six months now. And they're like, I've seen you before. I'm like, really? And one of them's like, yeah, you did my sculpt for five years ago. I'm like, how'd you find me? And the internet's a powerful thing, right? Because, um, you know, ethically and legally, I could not reach out to any patients. You know, I can't, anybody that I've seen, I may miss them. I have not reached out to anybody. They need to find me on their own. And so that's been a little bit difficult. There's people that I miss and other people that just are loyal to their practice. And it's a personal decision. At the end of the day, they have to stay where they're happy. Um, But the ones that have come and it's the, the, the power of skin spirit has been overwhelming because a lot of people that have come in here that are new have been to previous skin spirits on the West coast. And so that's been really great to watch. Um, the one thing we do have going against us is that, you know, we don't have a storefront here in Manhattan. Um, you kind of need to be on a mission here to find us, but because I've been doing so many trainings, it's been great. Cause if I'm out a little bit, I come back and then like my schedule is jam packed. So it's been a great way to transition over, but you know, it, it's a big, it's a big change going from private practice to a big corporation, even onboarding, doing all the policy and procedure videos and security videos. And, you know, all of those things is a little bit overwhelming, but six months in, I'm getting pretty, I'm adjusting pretty well. But I think you're a great testament or a great example to an owner who might be listening saying, I'm going to buy someone in their Rolodex. Because what you said is like, ethically, you can't do it. And I know you, you are by the book. Like you'll, you'll, you will adhere to that until you're dead in the grave because that's just the way you operate. You know, you hire an injector as powerful as you are with as great a following as you have. There's still a building period. There is no magic button because you can't reach out and the practice can't, really can't advertise for you to reach out on your behalf. Either. That's also not ethical. So it just takes time, right? It just takes time for people to find you, to come in, to organically grow a whole new network. And so there is no magic bullet to say, I'm going to hire this person who's incredible and she's going to bring me her 10,000 patients in the morning. We're going to be booked forever. Like that's just not reality. It's everything in life takes time. And you know, you're cultivating it now day by day as you're going and training, doing all these other things. But and you have a machine behind you with skin spirit. So, I, you know, I think the good note, the lesson there is that no matter how amazing you are, it just takes time. Like, it's just. There's, there is there is no magic. There is no guarantee. And I was having this discussion with skin spirit. And I'm like, I don't know how busy I'm going to be. I don't know if one patient will come. I don't know if 5,000 will come. Like, I, I, I can't guarantee you. But what I can guarantee you is I did it before and I can do it again. Yeah. It's going to take a little bit of time. But if I did it with no patients. I can do it again because I love a challenge and I knew it was going to be hard. Now, that being said, I did turn 50 last month and how many startovers do I have in me? I don't want to do it again. Like I really don't. Um, so, but the fact that I've been able to do it twice successfully, I'm, I'm proud of that. It's like I said, it's, it's not easy, but I will tell you a great networking tool is my colleagues it is so humbling and I get like almost nervous if I have a big name or media or somebody come in. I mean, I'm like a little bit, but if they come in and they're like, Rick Crosdale sent me or Lori Robertson sent me, I'm like, Oh, I don't want to screw it up. But it's amazing how many patients ran a Kennelly assembly. Like so many of these providers have trusted me, Connie, to see their patients that have moved to New York or they're transitioning. And it is amazing. The power of networking. That's been a really surprising to me. That's why you can't be a mean girl. 
because you get left behind because I think you all become this network and you refer to each other. And it's nice to have colleagues all across the country too, because then you can refer out to them and your patients are taking care of. They go, you know, if they're, if they're in their town, it's a kind of a vice versa kind of thing. But I think it's a great testament to the fact that by training and being out there, I bet you get referrals from other people who have been trained by you saying, Hey, I'm not at that skill set yet, but I know that Heather is go see her. Like I don't do tear troughs. Heather does go see Heather. Like I'm sure there's like some part of that where you become like the, the big sister who can do the hard stuff that maybe they're not ready to do yet. So I think it just increases your network overall, but to your next venture in life. So thinking about that turning 50, I want to talk about how come you don't own your own practice, because as I mentioned to you before we started, you're like one of the only people we've ever interviewed here that doesn't have their own practice. I personally love your decision, by the way, as a person who's always stressed out. I think you made a brilliant decision, but give us an idea of what your decision was of saying, I'm not going to own one. I want to work for somebody else and be able to have that flexibility and that freedom instead. Um, so how I gotten into this when I was younger, and maybe it wasn't such a big thing now in the competition, maybe I would have entertained it. But I look at my friends and I know how hard they work. And that's how I work hard. Like I show up and I don't have to deal with, and I would be bad. I couldn't fire somebody. I would just think, bless your heart. Like, let's just find you another role. You know, I like, I would be, I know this is a weakness for me. I just, I can't, I'm a people pleaser. Someone could be stealing from me and I'd be like, you won't do it again. Right. Like it's not, it's just, I know my weaknesses. Um, but the stress of it and the building, and then I look at all these people that have practices and they put their heart and soul and look at, it's hard to find a good injector. Now I say good injector, but loyal, like you get somebody with no experience and you train them. What if they leave, you know, you get someone with, you know, you train them and then they branch off and they start their own practice. You get somebody who knows it all and you have a problem. It's just, it's just too much for me. The hard part about working for someone else. And I've been fortunate that in all of my careers, I have had whoever I was working for completely have my back. I've always been in a safe space that someone knew that I was doing the best I could, but something could go wrong. And I always felt like I didn't need to apologize. I wasn't afraid to reach out. It's always been welcoming. So I've been able to do it. Now, if I were in a practice that I didn't have the safety measures, if I didn't have the expertise, like I wouldn't feel safe in that environment. But I'm like at Skinsbury, I'm like with pros, right? They're doing something right. Like they're going about to blow up the East Coast. They're doing something right. And I love and I'm proud to be part of that. And they're always there and supportive. I mean, there's something in our break room about every day. Let's smile at each other. I'm like, it's just kind of Pollyanna. And it's really nice. And I just think as much time as I spend traveling to teach and then pursuing my own education and then social media and then seeing my own patients and being a mom and a wife, I don't know how they do it. I just, I just, I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I think it's not everyone's dream. I mean, people think it needs to be their dream. That's my concern is that people think they're being told you have to have your own practice. And so, you know, we have all these people in AR that have practices and I hear them talk about what you're saying is like, if I could do it again, I wouldn't do it. Like I wouldn't have done it. This is crazy. All my friends are like, don't do it, Tiffany, tell them not to do it because they're to what you're saying, they're giving up their whole life to run a practice and someone leaves or, you know, things happen or suppliers or medical license in different states. And, you know, we have a few states where they've cut off all RNs from injecting. And so if you own a practice, you're just now screwed. You can't inject anymore. What do you do now? And, think- and, and, that's, another, and that's another thing, Tiffany, is like the, the legislation, laws, regulations are changing so rapidly. Even just having my own practice, I'm in fear of not being compliant just because I didn't know. It's just so much to keep up with. And um, like I said, it's just, it's overwhelming to me. I like to come in and I love having an expert at the front and having, you know, our clinical director and having someone who manages inventory. I like knowing that there's a department that tries all of these products to say, we believe in this and stand behind it to carry. It's overwhelming, even just dealing with all the options of products and skincare and lasers. It's, I just can't even wrap my head around that. And the thing I look at is 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. You're injecting someone, something can go wrong 48 hours later, 24 hours later. It just doesn't stop. And for me, like I said, at my age and where I am in my life, I'm I'm fortunate um, that I am where I am today. But going back, you know, maybe if I was younger, but I still think that I'm happy where I'm at. When you and I discussed this before you moved over, you had, we had had a discussion about should you, shouldn't you? And I just knew, Heather, that you were going to fit in there beautifully because 
to your point, everyone there's a pro. I mean, it's a prime example of they lift up whoever's, you know, whoever's new. Like, they're all great injectors. I think about Pinky, George, all of them are all incredible injectors. You rise to their level, right? So if you weren't you already, you'd become you because they would force you to be that good because that's what's all around you. It's what surrounds you. So with these new injectors coming into the industry, is like when you own your own practice, who's developing you? Who's pushing you to get better? No one, because you're the top dog. Where in a skin spirit, you know, these other, you know, an of me, a via, wherever it's at, someone else is saying, hey, let me give you a hand and show you how to do this, you know, the way of a veteran or, you know, an expert. I just think there's such a benefit to it that people so, so often underplay because they're so hungry to become an entrepreneur and to put their name on a door. I'm like, sister, it's not what it's cracked up to be. Like, it's way more work than you even think it could possibly ever be. It's that work times 10. And then even with that, you're going to make less money, by the way, than if you actually just work there as an employee because you have to pay everybody else first. So just, there's a lot that goes with it. But anywho, I digress from that. But, you know, in thinking about that, you mentioned Grace before. You've recently, I don't know, a few months ago or so, taking on more of an official role as a trainer for her company for aesthetic consulting and training, which we have a very shared love of Grace, dear, sweet, wonderful Grace. How does that work for you now doing these private trainings with a more, you know, official formal role with her, but also having Galderma stuff going on and then just probably training on your own in general? How are you fitting all this in and kind of what do you and Grace do together that's different than, say, like a manufacturer training? Well, Grace and I have a unique relationship. We have gone through ups and downs and I feel like a special bond with her. And I am faculty for her and um, I support her and get her name out there. And I need to find the time to sit down and go up there and spend several days because what I think is, you know, so nice about Grace's um, program is I actually recently just had a physician reach out to me that wants to get into aesthetics. And like I said, I think being strong admits where you're weak. And my forte is not teaching the brand new injector in an office setting. I just don't feel that that's beneficial. I don't think that's good ROI for them. They need manuals and they need didactic. They need a classroom environment. And I can't provide that effectively. And it's it's not about the money at that point. I mean, it's, it's all like, you know, I'm more suited to someone who has basic knowledge that wants rheology on different products and maybe different, you know, tips and tricks and pearls. So I send them to Grace. And for me to go and like do a class, I'd really love to do a sculpture class for her. Um, I need to sit down and make sure that we are completely on the same level because I have so much admiration for her work with Kevin Cease and having all of those amazing visual aids that she has. I want to make sure that I do it right. So um, I'm pretty booked into July and Grace and I have had this conversation like you can't, wouldn't it be nice to be home? go and do a group training and then be home at night. So that is like my long-term and there's nobody that else I would like would rather partner with. And I'm really excited for Grace because um, we in our little part of the country in Carolinas don't really get access to experts. And Grace has some big hitters coming up and I'm so excited. We have Sheena Bay is coming for a couple days. And then Julie Horn has agreed to come and do two or three lip classes for us. And so um, Dr. Weiner's coming back. So it's really exciting for people who don't have the time, don't have the means, because it's expensive to go to these trainings, right? You know, something a little bit more local, but that is quality. So I'm really excited about all the things that she has coming up. And you're part of helping her get the word out, too, because, again, you touch so many people in a given year that, you know, I think about Grace, too, and her her program of it's hard to get your name out there as a trainer, when you have an independent company. And so one of the beautiful things that working for like a Galderma is that the reps are out, you know, promoting you, getting you trainings. Obviously you you do a great job or they wouldn't be calling on you to do it, but you have like a little army out there saying, Heather, 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 and they're all booking you everywhere. I think it's so much harder when you go into a private training scenario or an independent training scenario where you've got to start doing social media and marketing. And it's like, it's just a, it's a just different world than it is whenever you are part of a bigger conglomerate, even like the skin spirit, same thing, part of a bigger machine helping you do it all. So, but God love you for even thinking about new injectors. I can't imagine the difficulty of that whole training thing. I'm sure, you know, you and I probably share a similar idea on that. Like let someone else do that. I'm not, I'm not even at that point in my mind to think about the very beginning of someone's career and like shaping all of that SOPs and consents and adverse events and a lot to unpack there. But Yes, I think Grace Grace has done it. Grace had vitality. There weren't many um, medical spas. And she had vitality back when she trained me 12 years ago. And I don't know how many years she's had it. But the thing is, she has mastered the art of treating um, and teaching 
the brand new injector and she has a successful business and she can guide them in so many ways that I can't. And so, I mean, it's just a nice partnership. And what I love about Grace is, you know, Grace is um, pretty well-known um, allergen trainer. She has a lot of allergen trainings on heavy Galderma. Um, and Grace isn't afraid to embrace all product lines. She just recently had me go and do a refresh run Sculptra. She just wanted to make sure she wasn't missing anything since we have our new um, indications for it. So she's not afraid to ask. And I think that's the thing that I want to touch upon with these people that get trainings. I love to go in and train, but the biggest message I want to give them is, guys, this thing I say, I said, you know, I have big shoes to fill. I know who's been in here. If there is anything that I say that you know is incorrect, if there's anything that I do that you can do better, you've seen a different, please tell me. This is a this is a collaboration. This is not me telling you, you must do this. And I'll tell you, I feel like I learn so much every training, like little things I pick up every single day and I feel blessed. But what I want people to know is I'm teaching you to learn more. Just because you're getting a training from me, don't think you're trained. This is the beginning. It never ends. You need to train with as many people as you can to see all the different ways to find out what works best for you. And I think like, you know, with all these people that have, you know, several credible big companies, the training companies that have been around forever, it's really hard because you get somebody new out of nursing school or someone looking to change professions. They just Google. There's a gazillion places that you can get training online. And unless you know, you don't know. And so I have, I've had several people reach out to me that have invested $10,000 in a seven week class. And I'm just like, Oh, you know, I mean, there are several good options. And Mary Beth Hagen with Titan is like such a good resource because she's fair. She lists the top training companies on her website. So depending where you are in the country, what your personality is, what you're looking for, there's so many quality options, but unfortunately I've seen some that I don't think are so great. Yeah, we had Kevin on last week, and he loves new. He loves the newbies. He loves training new injectors. Well, he, does. he does, and he's got the patience of a saint, and he's amazing. But I think he and I talked, touched on it last week as well, and I know you now have discussed it. Is like, how do we start to regulate the training industry, the training part of our industry? Because to your point, people are coming out saying, "I'm a trainer, I'm an expert," and they are on year one of injecting. They've injected maybe 100 patients total. Have never had an adverse event in their life. Wouldn't know how to treat one if it, you know, if it showed up in the practice in the morning. But they're now going out, hanging their shingles, saying, I'm a great trainer. Come to my training. I'm going to charge you $5,000 to shadow me for the day. And it's a hoax. I mean, it's that's a bad word to use, but it's a, in a sense, kind of, it is a hoax. How do you help people understand, like, what makes a great training? How do you start to help them look at the list of options and say, this is what you need to look for. Here's what an injector looks like who's worthy of your money and your time to go train with them. Don't sign up for anything that you see on the internet. Yeah, unfortunately, more often than not, I get those phone calls after the fact. Um, it's, it's sad, but it's true. Um, I will tell you that I did a training probably three years ago before I got so busy with Galderma and I won't say the name of who, but it was a big name here in New York. And they were like, our, one of our trainers had a death in the family and we're doing like the seven day course. Can you come in and teach day one? And I, I love to teach. I wasn't doing a lot of training back at the time. And of course that says it all right there, right? They found me on LinkedIn. They didn't know. And they asked me to come teach this course. So let's just, let's just, absorb that one for a minute. So I'm like, like what? And they're like, we'll send you the slide deck. And I'm like, okay, it was primarily physicians. And I know that this particular course that they paid at least $10,000 for it. And it was a toxin filler laser course. It was like the whole gamut. And I'm so glad that I got to teach day one because we spent so much time. Like I said, there are people far more knowledgeable than me. And I love to admit that, but I like, we went over muscle function. What are your basic muscles? Do you know what you know, elevator muscles are and depressors are, we're not just doing stage, you know, Botox. And so we spent so much time on didactic and then they had never reconstituted like Botox, dysport, even anything before that afternoon, they injected it. And the next day they were doing filler. They were doing, um, lips, cheeks, and jawline. What? I was like, I was so glad that I was out after day one. And I've had a couple of those people reach out to me. You don't want to bad mouth anybody. So when people come to me, like, what do you think you look for? Where did they get their training? How many years have they been doing it? You know, like, are they continuing ed? Are they, you know, do they have a CAN certification? Do they, what is their background? You know, all of that comes in. How did you find them? Did you find them from pretty pictures online? You know, and that's so frustrating. And I hear a lot of these newer injectors and 
I'll tell you, I'm falling into it too. I'm like thinking I really need a social media break. Um, it makes you question yourself. It makes you, it's, it, it's a stressor for sure. And these new nurses like, oh, my lips don't look like, I'm like half the time they don't either. And Julie Horn said it. She goes to people like your lips are always so pretty. She goes, do you think I'd post bad ones? We're all, per- you know, we all are not perfect. And these girls are seeing this and they're striving for that. And it's just not real. So it's like where you're seeing their pictures, like look more into their credentialing. I mean, all of my colleagues that have credible training centers have websites that say, you know, what they offer, all this. I mean, it just takes some research. But again, it comes back to someone at a nursing school eager Googles and they don't know what they don't know. So it's a, that's a hard one. Like I said, I usually will get it after the fact. I went here and I feel like I really need to learn. Well, it's interesting. I was on Instagram, I don't know, a few days ago and advertising in Texas, this big giant ad about get certified in Botox, get certified in toxin, you know, filler. We're going to certify you. So me being the asshat that I am, I'm like on a comment, this is not a certification. You can't get certified. So because it makes me, the amount of misinformation about certification makes me crazy. And these people dug their heels in the sand, Heather, and like, this is a certification. This is an issue from the, you know, issue from the board. I'm like, the board of what? There is no board until this week with cans. There is no board issuing anything. Like, are you people crazy? So it's like the false advertisement. And so to your point, you're new injector going in, like, I'm going to get certified. I even have people in the industry who've been here for a long time who still said they got certified. I'm like, you did not get certified anything. Stop saying that. It's a false impression on people who think they're going to get certified because you cannot become a cardiologist in a day. So you should become an injector in a day. That's not real life. But anywho, I just think we've got to, we've got to work on from a, you know, I think about the um, false claims act that manufacturers follow, like saying false claims is the same thing. It's like a false claim. It's not real, but cans, you are can certified. Just came out, I think it was like, what, four days ago, five, six days ago, saying that they've officially been accepted by the board after, I know Connie started this thing many, many moons ago. I mentioned, with, I talked to her many years ago. It's like, oh, I'm you know, doing all these years of review and eventually they'll approve it, but it takes forever to get it all approved and validated in the surveys. And, and now we're officially here. So give us an idea of what CANS, what that meant for you as an injector, what it means even now, because people who are thinking about, do I want to do it, not want to do it? Give us a sales pitch on CANS. Well, um, for, I'm very proud to have it. I will tell you, um, I took the exam. Let me see. I've been injecting 12 years. I had been injecting five years before I sat for the exam. And it's, um, I don't know how I feel about it. I've been trying to process. I'm so excited. Like Jerry Obi, Jill Jones, Don Segrilla, Connie, like they put everything into this. And I'm so proud. Um, I think it's definitely something that everybody should be required to take um, on some level because it really does demonstrate core knowledge that injectors should have. That being said, um, not everyone has access to it. You'd be need to be with a core provider, which in one sense, it ensures that you are in a quality space with proper credentialing, but like PAs don't have the ability to take it. So like, that's a tough spot. Um, I do like the fact that you need to have a thousand hours and two years with a core so you, you can't just get into aesthetics and take it. Um, I don't think enough patients are educated to know what it is, um, but I'm glad. I think that seeing that this is accredited might push people to get it. I know for me personally, I was very excited. I would not have come to Skin Spirit if um, Dr. Visnes wasn't a board certified plastic surgeon and I didn't have the ability to maintain my certification because it's very important to me, especially I do not have my, you know, I'm not an NP. You know, I'm not a PA. Um, it's the one thing that I can say, you know, I worked really hard, you know, to go above and beyond something that wasn't required. It's just taking that extra step. You know, I feel like I've done everything I can as an RN to test wise, to show credibility and education and demonstrate experience to my patients. And so I wear it proudly and I'm excited. I've had so many people say I'm getting ready to sit for it. Um, you know, it's, it's comprehensive. It's not just injectables, it's skincare. Uh, there's laser questions on there. They did a really good job and it's not an easy test, but, um, when you pass it, it's like, yes, I'm never letting it expire. Like, like I, I'm telling you pull that thing from my dead hands. I am never taking that test again. <laughs> Well, I had a few friends who were in the review course at a conference many years ago, and they had to go early in the morning to review all day long. Hermine was teaching it, Hermine Warren. And I think it was Amy Birkenstam, and she's like, oh, my God, the review is horrible. Forget the test. Like, just the review, all the information, all the things you have to know. She's like, I can't even keep up in the review, much less the actual test I'm taking. She ended up passing it, by the way, guys, on the first try. But 
you know, she was, it was like so much content, you know, it, it's a lot of content, but I think the average injector is parsing through in a given day so much content, which laser should I use? What, you know, is it Fitzpatrick skin types? Do, there's just a lot of things you don't think about anything about an injector, but they're doing multimodality treatments that require you to know about a lot of different things. And so, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled to see it come to fruition as like a true, you know, board certification. I hope the PAs get grandfathered in at some point soon and are able to come on board. Kevin mentioned, he's like, I want to take it so bad, but I can't, I'm a PA. So, you know, what, you, what you're feeling right now, I wish we could have people feel like that across all the different you know, specialties, but I do know why they did it the way that, that, you know, how they did it, but hopefully it'll, it'll change soon. But back to, back to the certification though, I just wish maybe some people would change the terminology. It's a certificate of completion of a course. I like that. I'm okay with that. But when I have people reach out to me and they're like, Hey, Heather, I found you on LinkedIn or I saw you on Instagram and I just got certified in Botox. I'm like, that just spoke to me where you got certified. And so I'll tell them, I'll say, you know what? If you say that to somebody who's been in the industry a long time, they're going to just look at you and it's going to be like, you're really new. Like we need to change that right now. You did a a certification of completion of a course But there isn't one. And even Kansas certification is not mandatory, but it doesn't make me more qualified than someone else that doesn't have Kansas been doing it for 10 years. So there is no certification. Certification of completion of a course, I think, like acceptable, but there is no license. We need to go through all of the people who say that on Instagram and fix it, fix it right now, make them change it. Like, you know, like the find or replace Microsoft Word, find certification or replace certificate. But I think about you just as a human, you know, as a person, we were just mm-hmm. talking about this on the phone not long ago, four years ago, first aesthetic next, you were the first assist. Like, I'm embarrassed for that, Heather, now. Like, how did I put Heather on stage as a first assist? What was I thinking? Like, you're this giant name now, and I had you on stage, like, handing people a syringe. Like, what, what the hell was I thinking? But you were at a different time then, and you were the most dependable, most amazing first assist, I kid you not. I've ever seen in my life. You attacked that job like you were Julie Horn on, you know, on stage, international stage. And everyone was like, Heather's so good. I wish she could work for me in my practice because she's so good at it. But I think you attack all things with the same vigor of perfection that you do in life. But how did you go from being the person who's a first assist to now we're begging you to come be on podium, be a trainer, live inject for us? Like that's a giant ladder to climb in, you know, four years. But you've done it, by the way, beautifully. Well, you know what? That's my ER background. Like I worked harder that day than I, I think I ever have in my life, even in the ER. You have like how many injectors you had on stage. And that was your first year. And it was like, we want everything to be perfect. And I will never forget back when you were with Galderma and we were sitting there and you had just said to me, we, I was doing a training or something. And you had said, you know, would you ever be interested in speaking? I'm like, yeah. And when people come up to me and they're like, I want to train, I want to I'm like, there are so many opportunities, like reach out to Tiffany. Do you need somebody to sweat slang? Do you need to like, that's where it starts is you have to put yourself out there. There are so many opportunities. I never dreamed that I would be able to present on stage and I still get very, you know, insecure. Am I doing it right? Am I doing it? Cause it's a learning thing and I don't know everything, but I do know that I wanted it bad enough. And I was so thankful for the opportunity and I'll never forget you were um, in the room. It was like 10 o'clock the night before. If you remember this and I walked in and you're like, we can't talk. I'm busy. I'm like, I promise I'm not here to talk, but you need hands. Do you need to get these packages together? You need to, and you are so tired, but I'm like, just give me something to do. And I was so excited to be part of it. Um, but there are so many ways to get involved, to work yourself up to doing that. I think it's the number one question I get weekly. How do I get to train? How do you get to train by wanting to learn? I mean, that's what training is for me. It's a learning experience being part of these conferences and stuff. It's away from home. It's expensive, but you know, it's the networking opportunity. You can choose to stay in your practice and inject patients and be phenomenal at it. And that's great if that's for you. But if you have that personality, you're like, I want to do things. I want to make a difference in the community and the aesthetics world. And I want to be part of it. And I want to make friends and I want to dance with Shino. And I want to go hang out with Amy Birkenstam, which is a party in itself. You, you got to put yourself out there. You know, you can't, you, you, you can't grow by settling and staying in one spot if your aspirations are more. So it's reaching out to people and just being, Hey, you know what? I see your work. It's, 
it's great to meet you, you know, pick mentors. Because I think that a lot of the people in this industry that have the big names, they are some of the most giving, nice people that will help you because they want you to succeed. Especially the older people like me, I'm 50. I'm like, how many more years do I have? It's like pass the torch. You know, we want to create a legacy of excellence. And, you know, if I can say that only 12 years, I imagine what my colleagues with 20 years would stay. But you have to work for it. Like I will say, you know, nothing was given to me. Like nothing was handed to me. I mean, I came to a city without a place to live and had a roommate um, for years, flying back and forth. It has not been easy. And I love to travel and training. It's so humbling to be asked to get to do a training. But Tiffany, two weeks on the road without my family, eating fast food. I got a bunch of COVID weight on me now. It may look exciting. And yes, it is. But it's tiring. It's exhausting. And it's like paying a price to get to do what you love. So it's kind of like there's my niece is getting married in a couple of weeks. I'm going to be in Iowa. I have five days of training in Iowa. Now I'm like in hindsight, I mean, I, I can't make it. There are some things, but it's a choice. I make sacrifices all the time. Not saying that's the right decision for everybody. And I can't do this forever, but you get out what you're willing to put in. And the opportunity is out there. You just have to know where to go and look for it and be willing to be humble enough to say, I want to learn. I mean, I, I still do that. Well, I think you mentioned the sacrifice is so true. When I was at Galderma, I traveled every day all the time. And I miss my little boy growing up for the first three years. Like, it's just, you, you have to pick and choose your battles. But I look at it now as like I invested that time then so that the rest of my career in this industry could be more fruitful. I can get more, more better, amazing things that can happen to me or to our company because I invested that time. I think you're seeing the same thing for you. It's like every time you invest, you get something else out of it or you get something more. But I love what you said about just doing the work because to that point with the whole first assist, people wouldn't do that job. They'd be like, you're crazy. Like, go find some no-name nobody. Let her do it. I'm not doing it. But you did it anyway. And I think your willingness to jump in and just find a way to be involved is why you keep getting so much more because you just find a way to, to be be a support system, a helper. Like, like you said, even this year, you're like, what do you need me to do? I'll do whatever you want me to do. Like, I, you came in last year like, hey, I'm here. What can I do? I'll go get biohazard boxes. I'll go fill syringes for the cadaver lab. Like, you're eager to help. And I tell you who else is like that. Julie Bass Kaplan, same way. We were out there making our own syringes last year for the cadaver lab. She and I together. I'm like, you're like the most famous person in injectables besides Sheena. And you're out here with me mixing up syringes for the cadaver lab. Didn't even face her one bit. She's like, it has to be done. Who else is going to do it? I'm like, huh. That's why you're still successful 20 years later because you just do what has to be done. And I find that people who are at a different part of their career, maybe a little younger, are not there right now. They're not there. They're not eager to jump in and get involved. I will tell you this year for Static Next, I've had three, that's it, three, reach out to me saying, I want to be part of your meeting. Three new ones. That's it. And, and can I t- and can I tell you, there have been select people in trainings that I see something in and I'm like, oh, you're going somewhere. I tell them to reach out to you. What she can say is no, she might need somebody to run errands. She might, but I'll tell you, standing up first assisting George at Aesthetic Next, um, uh, Jackie Yee, I get, you say, oh, I can't believe not many people do that job. Are you serious? I had the best seat in the house. I was in there, up in it, <laughs> handing him stuff, watching. So it's like, who wouldn't want that? Job? I'm like, who wouldn't want that job, right? And it's just opened up more doors. I mean, more opportunity. And I just tell everybody, you know, Amspot, call Amspot. Do you need somebody to like sweep the floors? Like, girl, do it. Like, it's an opportunity to meet people. And if they see your willingness to learn, they're going to embrace you. And the, the floodgates of opportunity will open for you. But I will tell you this because I know our time is almost up. It was so interesting because one of my favorite people in this industry, I just, I love her is um, Lori Robertson. And we were having a conversation with frustrating because her training company is hands down. Like I am obsessed with her dedication to education, right? She's like just a rock star. And we were having the conversation and she said, you know what, in your injecting career, you go through so many phases. And she said, you will never have as much confidence that you do your injecting career as you do your first year. And I'm like a hundred percent because we were talking about it and we're like, you get out there, you get a couple good outcomes. You're like, Oh my God, look at me. I got a good outcome. I look at some of my work now and I'm like, Oh my God, what was I thinking? And you get these good outcomes and then you need to be humbled. And I swear it comes in threes. It comes in threes. So you're like on this high and I know everything and I want to be a trainer and you want, and I know, cause it was me. I know I, I, it was me. And then something bad happens. You start seeing other people's working like, oh my God, I know nothing. And then you get scared. 
And then you think maybe this isn't for me. I really don't know anything. And then you have a couple years where like this, and then you hit a point where like, I'll never know it all. I want to learn as much as I can. And as Kevin Harrington said to me, if he was in skin spirit doing an allergen training with me because I hadn't used a lot of their products. And Kevin was like, you're growing up. And it was such a compliment to get from Kevin. He's like, you get it now. Like you get it. And I'm like, yeah, 12 years in to have you say, I get it. So, I mean, it's a process, but for her to say, you won't have that confidence. And I have to say, I struggle, not all, but I think some of the hardest people that I find getting through to or working with are the brand, the one and two year injectors because they've gotten one training and it's ingrained in that this is the right way and trying to convince there is no right way. There's a safe way and you need to be respectful in anatomy, but every company has beautiful products. Everyone has their favorites. You can't inject, in my opinion, one product the same as you can the other. It's understanding the rheology. And if you get your trainings from company-based training and pharmaceutical companies, and you're not willing to invest in yourself or work for a practice that's willing to invest in you, if you don't understand the rheology, you can't predict what's going to happen with that product. You can use a product and you can fill a nasal labial fold with almost like how many products, like, right? But it's knowing what's going to happen over time with that product. Because that product, when that patient sits in your chair, they're yours. What you inject, you have to deal with. And we have so many options. So I'm not saying any of them are right or wrong. I love tons of different products. But knowing which ones to use when and where, I mean, that's something that you get with experience. And it's something I can't, I can try and add value and share my experience. But you have to inject everything and you need to see it yourself to learn. That's my opinion. I couldn't agree more. For one thing, I look at new injectors. Before you've had your first VO, you're like fearless. And then you have one occlusion and the world ends and you get really scared. But patients, Heather, are the same way. Me as a patient now, I mean, just to tell you, I'm an awful patient. I think I'm getting an occlusion. I can feel a bit of pressure here. Like I'm going through the entire thing of like what's happening to me. He's like, shut up and just get injected because I know too much, right? I know too much. I've written too many trainings about how to do all these complication management courses and things. And I'm a bad patient because I'm like, I'm going to for sure have an occlusion today or have some hypersensitivity or some reaction. I'm awful because I Five years ago, I was like, oh, put it in my face. It's fine. Give me a needle. We're good. I'll do it myself. Great. Whatever. Now I'm like, uh-uh. I won't come anywhere near a person who's not like extraordinarily well trained, hasn't been through the vascular occlusion debacle, doesn't have high necks in the refrigerator. Like, you know, I think we're all getting smarter as we go. And I think for the new injector who has a patient in their chair who is like me, they're going to have to really step up their game to be able to communicate to the patient that they are safe. They've had trainings. They know what they're doing. Like we expect more as patients now than we've ever expected before. And we have to, as an industry, meet that demand and meet that need and make more educated injectors as well. Uh, you know, it's, we're, we're all growing faster than we can possibly keep up with training. And so we got to shape it up or ship it out. Yeah. And I, and I think it's important that like doing trainings, I mean, you know, I do not to everybody, but I make myself available. Like, with either my phone number or social media. And I feel like an umbilical cord in a way to that person. Like I told you this, if you need help, like everybody needs somebody to call. I know I have my nine one ones in my phone. You know, I know who my go-tos are and I've reached out to, I've reached out to Lori. I've reached out to Julie Bass Kaplan. I've reached out. I mean that I've had one VO, but I'll tell you those girls were all over it. I had one. And then I had a colleague that had one. I mean, I called them and I had like this, the troops came down this is what you do. This is what you do. And so it's not just going in and teaching somebody and leaving. It's a responsibility that what you taught them, you stand behind. And it's also a responsibility to go back and go, remember what I taught you three years ago? Throw it out, throw it out. I, that was bad. You know, and you have to be able to say, you know what? I thought that was the best at the time, but it's changed and say you're wrong when you're wrong. And so, and I think those are like all important things. It's like, I have had one, like I said, one VO and it was, it was doozy and I dealt with it. And I'm like, if you're willing to train somebody, are you willing to stand behind them when they need you? When something goes bad, it's a big responsibility. It's not just going in and doing a three hour training. It's like, so nice to meet you. Bye. Because a lot of times these people really look up to you, you know? And so if you're chosen, it's a big, to me, it's a big compliment to get chosen by a rep to go into their big account. I want to do the best I can and make sure that these people feel like that they're special. They could have gotten anybody. So I try and do the best that, that I can and make them feel like that they had a good, effective training. And part of that is aftercare, being available 
in a situation or at least being able to direct them to someone that's better equipped to help them. That's why I was obsessed with having Lee Walker this year. I mean, Brittany is really close to him, Brittany Crosdale. They've done a few articles together. Like I had to have him because adverse events are so important. And I felt like we aren't, we're talking about VOs all the time, but not much else. Kevin's doing a talk about non, you know, non-VO AEs that happen, like how to treat those things. Because we often forget about that. We think about Hylonex, Hylonex, Hylonex. So I'm so excited to have Lee talking about it, two different lectures and have Kevin talking about it because I think we can't talk about it enough. And what's current, like the current research on the topic, not to your point, what was three years ago, but like what's happening today, because it is evolving with ultrasound even. And some of the products like Radius, the reversal agents, Renuva, you know, can you use deoxycholic acid? I think you can, but I don't know. Maybe you can't. Like there's all these things that we don't know yet that we're finding out with IITs and different people doing, you know, off kind of offshoot research. And so the body of work of knowledge is evolving so fast that I'm hoping these new injectors will carpe diem and take advantage of what's in front of them and go learn all they can about adverse events. But as we wrap up here, I want to ask you one more question about just your perspective, because you get the first of everything is conspiracy. You guys are like the big cat daddy. What's coming down the pike for the industry, Heather? What is your perspective on where we're going? What you think about as the injection, you know, you mentioned full face now being the big thing. We've moved off spot treatments. What does the next one to five years look like in aesthetics? I'm regenerative medicine, natural results. Um, Sculptor has been around since 2004. I know personally, I mean, I, I've, I've used it a lot 10 years ago. So I've been injecting it 10 years. And then I kind of fell off. And seven years ago, I got on the bandwagon. Now I'm on fire with it again. Um, I personally have had it. I, I've, I've witnessed the results using it so much. I love it. I love that it's natural. Using HAs to contour, you know, breaking patients into... Are you the novice that just wants accentuation and non-surgical enhancement? Are you the maintenance um, natural preventative? Or are you on the other spectrum of volume depletion needing a little bit of help? And I just think that, you know, I can't speak to it. I have been um, very fortunate and honored. I've sat on a couple advisory boards, um, new product advisory boards for a couple companies. And I have gotten a look into stuff that's coming. And I think everything is going towards more natural results, more options, more tools for the toolbox. And I'm really excited. And I just can't stress enough that I just think it's important that everybody is aware of all of the different options they have and not, you know, I'm trying personally to broaden my horizon a little bit to make sure that I am knowledgeable on all the products I have available. So I can speak more, um, be more credible as to why I prefer some being more open-minded. I fight with myself every day to not get in a fix if something works beautifully for me to think it's the end all. Because as much as I believe in the stuff I use, I see colleagues I look up to getting beautiful results with other stuff. So I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm being a creature of habit and preaching to myself what I'm preaching to everybody else. Make sure you know, because guys, just more is coming and it's going to be overwhelming. And for us to be credible and be able to give our patients Every option that's out there, we need to educate ourselves. And it's the only constant in this industry is that it's it's evolving constantly. Like that, that's it. There's change is the only constant. I think it's biofiller and exosomes. Those are my two things. Well, I, I have you, you know you you and you know you're in the know. You you know more than me. I got a few I got a few insider infos, not on an NDA, but I think this biofiller craze. Sonia uh, Ellis uses it here in, in Texas quite a bit, but this whole idea of like PRP, PRF combo is just a starting point of what will come, I think, in a packaged syringe. If you look at Renuva, right, we're using actual like a fat matrix in a syringe, prepackaged, no vascular connection. But I mean, you know, who the, you know who the guru of all this is, in my opinion, is Rajani. Dr. Rajani is like he's him and his PRP and PRF and not only is it entertaining, <laughs> I mean, he's in the know. So, you know, he's 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 probably right on spot on with all the stuff that's coming up. And you're attending a PDO threads training in the near future. I hear down the, through the grapevine. Gary is bringing them on and I have George coming in to do a PDO training with me, but I want to make sure that I am like getting the full gamut. So I'm actually going out with Scott Callahan to um, his clinic in Connecticut and I am doing a two day seminar and I'm so excited because it's going to incorporate fillers. Um, it's going to have Accuvain, multiple sponsors there, um, tons of patient populations. So I really want to see a ton of it so that I am educated correctly on whether or not something I want to incorporate. So I'm very thankful to be part of that in the end of June. And if anybody's actually interested in that, I don't know if he has any spots left, but you can always send me a message and I can connect you with him. 
Um, and that being said, anybody that's looking for training, Mary Beth Hagen is a great resource on Instagram. My Instagram is Park Avenue RN. You can always send me like Heather, who in my area, who would you recommend? It doesn't need to be me, but I do have a lot of people that I would be the first one that'd be like, go see this person, go see this person. So if I can help direct in any way, I'm more than happy to do that. Um, insight on what conferences are my favorite because I've been going to a lot of those. I'm really excited for yours, Tiffany, like to be faculty fourth year in a row is exciting because I've watched the evolution of it. So I hope this, this year is going to be amazing. So I'm looking forward to that. And thank you for the opportunity for me to speak with you today about all things aesthetics and change. And I feel kind of special. I'm the only one that doesn't own mom practice because I'm going home right now. <laughs> You're going home to put your head on the pillow and not worry about it. But for the record, you've been a fantastic guest as I knew you would. You're not going to talk on the phone for like nine hours. So I'm glad that we made this actually on time for once but you mentioned your instagram is park avenue rn you can find heather at skin spirit in manhattan so if you want to refer patients her way i'm sure she would love to take them if you have anybody in that area that needs an amazing injector and again aesthetic next for sure you'll be there and obviously other places all across the country and if heather's in your market at a training go see her find a way beggar galderma rep let me in i want to come because you will not regret the time that you spent with her i promise you that but Thanks again, Heather. And I can't wait to see you in a couple months, if not before. I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure we'll talk before then. Oh, yeah. But thank you. It's always a pleasure. I mean, you've been instrumental in everything for me, getting training and believing in me. And I'm just so thankful for, you know, having you as a colleague and as a mentor and a friend. Well, that's what, that's the, the power of networking. You meet, you meet best friends that you don't even know will be your best friends until it all happens. So thank God for the industry that brings us all together. But we will see all of you guys next week for episode 39. Thanks for listening to another episode of For the Record. This podcast is not intended to provide legal or medical advice. It's for entertainment, education, and information purposes only. For more information on this week's guest or to get started with Aesthetic Record, email us at info at aestheticrecord.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more fresh perspectives on disrupting the status quo and surviving in the aesthetics industry.